Alright, episode 144 with Megan and Sarah is about to start. And in this episode, it is primarily them speaking about their new product called Glute Core and Pelvic Floor, which is really exciting because I am happy to see that another amazing coach slash coaches are putting together something for women for strengthening up their pelvic floor because a lot of women don't have the resources out there necessary to get this kind of information. So if you want more information about it, I highly suggest you click the link in the show notes to find out more. But for now, here is Megan and Sarah talking about what they do best. And here we go. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me today are two lovely ladies. The first one, and first time on the show, her name is Sarah Ellis Duval, and we also have Megan Calloway. Say hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, so to start off the show, I always like to break the ice and ask my guests, you know, what they got planned for the weekend, and maybe, Megan, you can start. So this weekend, I... I'm going to go climbing. Sarah told me it's called bouldering, so I wasn't exactly sure of the type of climbing. So I'm going to do that. I'm not great, but I hope to be good, and it's really fun. And later that day, a friend of mine, a friend of mine who's from North Carolina, she has a six-hour layover at the airport in Vancouver. So I'm going to go hang out at the airport for five, six hours and just chill. Awesome. So that's probably it, I think. So how did you get into climbing in the first place? Sarah introduced me. <laughs> well, we were in California, and it's funny because I wasn't feeling my best that day, and I really didn't feel like going. I had to drag you guys. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel the best, but Sarah convinced me, and it was so much fun, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I had, I, honestly, I had even more fun the following time just because I was more confident and tried a lot of stuff that I wasn't even able to do the first time I went. So I'm pretty excited. Awesome. So what about yeah. you, Sarah? What do you got planned for the weekend? Uh, I'm actually going climbing as well, but I think we're going to be going outside on uh, real rocks for the first time because winter has finally ended in Massachusetts. Yay. Yes. Nice. Um, so also for the audience, for you, Sarah, because this is the first time that we have you on here, can you do like a little intro of who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry in the first place? Um, sure. I got into it in the first place just as a candy striper when I was little, like 12, 13, I knew I wanted to help people, fell in love with physical therapy right off the bat because everybody gets better. Uh, but I've always been an athlete. I was a college athlete, continued athletics after that. And so I love the training fitness aspect of it all as well. I just love exercise. I mean, who doesn't love exercise? So I've been putting the two together for quite a while. I realized today that I have been personal trainer for 19 years this year. Wow. (laughs) It's been a cumulative effect of a lifelong love of movement and the body. Awesome. So what got you into physical therapy in the first place? Like, were you a coach first or did you go into physical therapy first? Well, that's what I was volunteering on the cancer floor and I realized that I couldn't handle people that were getting worse. I just, I, I needed I needed to help people get better, and that was just too hard on me emotionally. I would just go home crying every day. So that's when I found physical therapy. Honestly, I was 14 and volunteering in the hospital, and the physical therapist was so cool, and there was a lot of uh, spinal cord rehab 
patients and you were just, you were helping people regain their life. And you, I mean, even though it's just the stroke patients, it was so fun. It was so, it was so neat. And so I just fell in love with the profession there because you're, you're just, you're helping people and you're, you're just, you're changing their life. And it was, it was a really cool profession. Awesome. And I also have another question for you. What's your thoughts on like dry needling or IMS? I think that it can help some people. Okay. So I don't, I don't think it's the end all be all, but I'm also, I also don't think that there's, you know, any one treatment that's going to work for everybody. And I don't think it's always the thing that everybody needs, but I think there are some people that respond really well to it. And then I think there are other people that, I mean, they could go every week and their muscle would just keep coming back tight and their problem would just keep persisting. Um, and then there are people, it's the magic cure for. So I'm one of those people where it's the magic cure, Yeah. but I think not to interrupt at all, but I was going to say like, if it's used as like, if you're not addressing the cause with the IMS, it's good. But if Oh my God, I didn't express myself well. If you're using it to treat symptoms and the cause has already been addressed, I find it can be really helpful. But if people only use it kind of to treat the symptoms and don't address the underlying cause, I find that's when, at least in my experience, it's not that helpful. Yeah, exactly. And then I find everybody's body is different as well. So, and the way they respond to things and what they need. So it just, I really wish there was this little playbook where it said, oh, this is going to be the exact thing that's going to work for everybody. But yeah, you know, there just isn't. (laughs) No, like I totally agree with you because like for the longest time I went to a bunch of physios who did dry needling and I always felt like after I was like hit by a two by four and I'm like, I actually don't feel better. And, um, Whereas like some of my other clients who've gone to the same physio and got it done, they're like, oh my God, I feel so much better. I'm like, well, like Damn Megan it. just, yeah, yeah, she feels amazing after. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's body just you have to figure out what you respond best to. Mm-hmm. That's why I always tell my clients too is like, you know, maybe massage therapy is a better route for you. If physio doesn't work, maybe chiropractic will be better for you. You just have to find what works and sticks to it. Yeah, don't be afraid to try new things, and that's also within the realm of my profession so I feel like you should dabble a little bit in everything because you just don't know what's going to work and if you drink too much Kool-Aid on one school of thought then that's kind of all you see and all you try and then you could there's a lot of patients that you won't be able to help and also just in terms of my own experience I spent over five years going from doctor to doctor trying to find somebody who could help me when I was dealing with like or dealing with issues after my car accident my key is to find somebody who actually looks to treat the cause co- or to find the cause and not just address the symptoms or you will never get better. No, you're so right. So no matter what you decide, like if it's a physio or a chiro, massage, they need to be able to address the underlying cause or I find you'll just be a lifer. And I would have been a lifer if I hadn't found my physio. And you had something wrong with you, but I find yeah. it, you know, half the time with some of the patients that I see, depending on what's going on, it can just be stress. Oh, I mean, totally. especially with the postpartum women, because I'm treating a lot of pelvic floor issues. I mean, stress is such a big cause of tightness, and then tightness leads to dysfunction, and then you're like, okay, well, what's causing this problem? Well, let's we need to work on stress, and this is where you know meditation comes in handy for you know some forms of treatment where we don't need something fancy. No, yeah, I, I also like um, physios that and chiros that actually are a little bit more exercise based, because I know a lot of physios that come out of school 
they might not actually step foot into a gym and actually try the exercises that some of their patients are coming in and saying, hey, I hurt myself during a hang clean. And then the physio looks at them like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is, but let's get you on the table. I'm going to needle the shit out of your erectors, right? So oh, you mean you mean the physios that just didn't want to be nurses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like when I met one physio in particular where – um, I was training for my RKC at the time and I was doing a shit ton of snatches and he was the first one who's like, well, show me how you do your snatch. And I was yeah. like, whoa, you actually want to see how I move? That's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, it, you have to go to a physio that is addressing, that, that knows what you're going through and it's mm-hmm. helped you go through that. And I find, especially in this pelvic floor world, I mean, I'm a, fairly high level athlete and have been my whole life. So I understand when a woman walks in and says, I have prolapse, but I want to get back to CrossFit or I want to do this obstacle course race, or I I just want to be able to jump and run. And I'm like, okay, let's get you there. Like I know how to progress that. That's important instead of a PT who says, well, you just, you probably might not be able to do that again, or let's just, you know, why don't you become a walker? You can't yeah. take that away from somebody. Yeah. Oh, I was told I would never be able to lift again. I was told definitely never able to barbell back squat, anything heavy with the barbell. I was told I would not be able to do so many things. Yeah, it's uh, sad to hear, but people out there listening, just go find a physio Cairo that wants to get you back to where you were. Um, yeah. So, Megan, it would be kind of cool to see an update on what's going on with you because the last time I had you on my show was probably when you released your pull-up program. So maybe give us like a little summary of what has changed since, was it six months ago that you released it? It was October, so I'd have to count back in my mind for months. Uh, nothing has changed per se. Things have just continued to progress. I mean... The program is still selling at a really good rate. I'm still getting so many nice emails, videos. People are tagging me. They're still really excited. So that's been amazing. And I did, I can't remember if we talked about it when we when I was on your show the last time. I did my presentation, my first presentation ever this past April. So there's that. And I've just been really working towards doing this program with Sarah and Kelly. Awesome. So that's mainly it. How, how was the talk for you for the like, first ever? Were you nervous? Did you almost pass out? What happened? <laughs> I was so nervous leading up to the presentation. And even the day before, it was the... So I presented on the Saturday. Friday was... I can't remember what they called it, but it was just the pre-seminar presentation. So Nick was presenting, James Krieger presented. And even just listening, I was picturing myself being up there and I was so nervous So the next day I went to present and I remember getting up there and my legs were shaking and apparently you couldn't tell, but they were shaking so hard. And once I got going, I kind of became more comfortable. And I think, I mean, I think I did okay. The feedback was pretty good. I need to learn how to do the clicker because I was really terrible at using the clicker. But I think, I mean, the feedback has been positive and I definitely do feel more confident for the next time I do go to present. So I'm proud of myself even though I'm very hard on myself so I'm still totally picking apart my presentation and things I could have done differently or better awesome you'll you'll get better yeah. no matter what it's just practice yeah well even like talking on camera I mean the first few times I did it I was so bad and I mean I still could definitely be a lot better but I'm much more comfortable now 
Nice. Um, so the next thing I want to get into is actually talking about your guys' new program. And I'm kind of curious, like, how did you all three meet in the first place? And then how who came up with the idea? And how did it all start? Whoever wants to start with uh, a little story. Sarah? Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of fun and random. I mean, I reached out to Megan because I had heard about her on the Internet. And, you know, I mean, the Internet's where you meet people these days. <laughs> yeah. uh, so- we hit it off and that was really fun. And then, um, I, I actually was just randomly reaching out to other people in the industry about doing a collaborative article. And I randomly emailed Kelly and she responded and then we found out we got along and we started chatting as well. So I think it was just one of those fun, you know, where you, you, you reach out, create a relationship and then actually hit it off with the person. It's pretty yeah. neat. And in person feels so comfortable and natural. Oh yeah, we were like vacation. We were, and it was. I felt like we had just been friends forever. We were all so comfortable. And so many random things happened that trip that could have made it so weird and awkward. Like, I mean, for example, your eyes, and just like Kelly's hot water tank, and so many things went wrong. (laughs) You and I were like, we're gonna just camp out with no water. Oh, and my flight was really delayed. Go to the hotel. We're like, now we're just gonna stay in your house. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like we don't care. We're so low maintenance. (laughs) Yeah, that's all mass match made in heaven, right? It totally was or is, I should say, not was. Um, So I'm kind of curious, like, can you give like kind of like a lowdown on what the program is and what is it going to do and who is it for? I've been really wanting to do some pelvic floor stuff for everyone, not just not just new moms, but to include men, to include men that had uh, piriformis pain, things like that. And women who would email me and be like, oh, I'm seven years postpartum. You know, this new post, this new postpartum thing doesn't really apply to me. So I was really excited to expand kind of the reach of the population. So I think it's really for anybody who is looking for, you know, core glutes and pelvic floor work and, you know, across men and women, so I think it's a pretty cool, a pretty cool reach for that. It's a workout program with education built in. So I'm doing these really cool little education clips where we talk through piriformis pain and atibian syndrome and how to get your glute max going and how to get your abs to contract correctly and what good breathing looks like and why breathing is important. Uh, so and then Megan and Kelly wrote a killer workout um, to go along with it for 12 weeks. And what I was also going to say, when a lot of people think of the pelvic floor, they often just think of rehab. I mean, we're going to help people get so strong, so fit. I mean, if they have aesthetic goals, this will help. It'll help their performance-oriented goals, their health-related goals. I mean, this is going to address so much, and it's so much more than just rehab. Oh, yeah. I think the rehab is part of it, but it's almost like a preventative. Like, does your – do you get out of the car and, like, your hip or your – bottom ever feel a little bit tight on one side you know where you get out and you're like oh i've got a little bit of that like deep nagging tightness it it addresses Mm -hmm. stuff like that where i feel like it's those little things that you don't think even need rehab but then you come out of it and you're like wow i feel so much better i didn't know i could feel better in that area and we're teaching people how to perform movements i mean we have detailed video tutorials on hip hinging and so many other important movements that people don't just do in the gym, but I mean, something as simple as bending over to tie up your shoes, pick up a suitcase, everyday movements. So we're helping people be able to live life. I mean, 
in a better way, perform at a higher level in the gym and they're given sport. So I feel like we are addressing so much. Oh, that sounds amazing. And like, I think a lot of people kind of gloss over what the pelvic floor is because they don't even want to take the time to learn what it is. And I kind of look at it as like the foundation of how your body is supposed to function. So maybe Sarah, could you kind of just like touch on what the pelvic floor is and what is a dysfunctional pelvic floor and what's a functional pelvic floor? Yeah, so when you when you look at it, it's pretty cool. You think about this group of muscles that connects to both your pelvis and your spine and holds up all your internal organs. Like it, it's really unique in the body in its many roles that it has to play because it's both a stabilizer of the pelvis and spine and its organ support. I mean, it you know holds in your bowels and bladders. I mean, it your your bowels and bladders. You don't have multiple bowels and bladders. You have bowel bladder support. Um, well, at least we are we're not cows, but right. They have multiple stomachs, right? (laughs) So so it just, it's a really, it's a cool group of muscles that I feel like is very under, like you were saying, it's, it's very underrated. People don't talk about it or think about it. Um, but it plays that foundation for being able to breathe and being able to get great abdominal support and contractions. So if you're, if you have pelvic floor tightness, so let's say you can't get your pelvic floor to fully lengthen. That would be like not being able to fully straighten your elbow. And then you think about how strong you get or being able to move your scapula through that full range of motion uh, or anything else where you're looking at full range of motion in the body. So if you have pelvic floor tightness, then you can end up with pelvic floor dysfunction. And in men, you might not see the same symptoms as in women, but I have a lot of men that complain of like tailbone tightness. Um, like pain right around their tailbone or even pain in like kind of the middle of their butt, but it's really deep. um, So they don't realize that they have pelvic floor tightness when they do. Anything you want to add, Megan? I think she covered it really well. She crushed it. Um, (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) It is Friday. (laughs) But um, like the next thing I wanted to get into is like um, for both of you, actually, like how do you coach someone to turn on their TA? Because I think a lot of people just think of like, I'm going to brace as hard as possible. So if someone punches me, it's going to hurt their hand. But like the interesting thing with me is when I got to experience going to Diane Lee's clinic and getting hooked up to a ultrasound machine and then they told me turn on your core and in real time you can actually see if your TA turns on so I'm kind of curious on what kind of cues you give to your patients and for you Megan what kind of cues you give to your clients I think Sarah again would probably be the best person to answer this Sure. So if you simply lift your pelvic floor you can get a natural TA contraction so the the pelvic floor works in conjunction with the abs. So the first 30% of a contraction is all pelvic floor. But then after that, up to about 70%, it's pelvic floor plus your abdominal, so your lower TAs and your internal obliques. And then then the last bit of like a max pelvic floor contraction is almost all abs. So if I want somebody just to recruit their TAs, a lot of times I'll just cue their pelvic floor so then they don't end up over recruiting all their abs and have them place their fingers right inside their ASIS or those front hip bones. They can go right in there, lift their pelvic floor, and they're like, ah, I feel some tightness. I'm like, great, there you go, that's your TAs. And they're like, oh, wow. So then they realize they don't actually have to over brace. 
Um, but at the same time, I want to say there is a role for bracing. I feel like a lot of times in the pelvic floor community, we're like, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure, which is great. I've rehabbed a lot of prolapse, and there's a lot of women that need to learn how to decrease pressure. But pressure is not bad, and there is a time and a place where we do need to brace everything. And when you're looking at lifting heavy, we want to protect the spine. So there's a big difference between overbracing and bearing down versus getting a good abdominal brace. And so I find a lot of people just need to learn how to not bear down and you can safely even hold your breath if you want to do a lift. Like it can be done safely and correctly. I mean, I even like in my, sometimes in my written descriptions or verbally, I use a bracing scale. So for instance, say somebody's doing a max squat or a max deadlift, I would say use a brace of 10, like a 10 out of 10. Say, like, right now I'm lying on the couch, I'm freezing, I'm curled up in a blanket. I'm not really bracing, but I might say, like, even, like, a one. So, like, the type and intensity of brace varies depending on what you're doing. And, I mean, Sarah basically just said that. Yeah, but so many people forget that, or they just never know that they overbraced for the little yeah. thing. And uh, you have to downregulate that. But yeah. to go back to those TAs, um, the TAs are the first to show up to the party for breathing. So if you look at a forced exhale, like a hard exhale, like you would think about blowing up a pool floor or a balloon, the TAs are the first ones to join in for mm -hmm. that exhale. So that's another way to naturally recruit those TAs. So even for me, like doing a dead bug, a lot of people, they do forget about exhaling. And mm -hmm. for me, like that's an integral part of the exercise. I mean, it's crucial to exhale. And you do notice your core and those deeper muscles a lot more when you do exhale. Mm -hmm. And then you should get the that right time. pelvic floor lift. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. And I'm happy you guys brought up breathing because that's like another thing people always forget to even like look at. And then actually in my like assessment with any like in-person client, I actually want to see how they're, how they're breathing. And usually they're all chest breathers and they don't know yeah. how to actually use their diaphragm. So like in your program, like do you guys address breathing? Like what kind of information do you have on it? The breathing is in week one, uh, because if you don't know how to breathe, then you have nothing. Like it's breathing is your foundation. Yeah. Because uh, you, if you can't get a deep inhale, you can't get any link to the pelvic floor. And remember, we're talking about pelvic floor dysfunction, and creating length is really important for being able to get a good contraction. Getting a good contraction helps your abs, helps stabilize your pelvis, your SI joint. There's a lot of people with SI joint pain that have pelvic floor involvement and just don't realize it. Uh, and that inhale, getting a great inhale, I can't, it's amazing how many people's pelvic floors are fixed by just teaching them how to breathe. Uh, so I think it's the most important first step. Mm -hmm. So what kind of cues do you, or even exercises, do you like to give to people to kind of start and initiate proper breathing mechanics? Whoever not likes to start. <laughs> yeah, not even necessarily like an exercise, but just having them lie on their side and feel their rib cage. So that way we can tune in, we can take out some of the stimuli of even having to sit up to do it and feeling that lateral rib movement, feeling your ribs move out to the side. So I think what gets a little bit forgotten, I don't like belly breathing. 
So your belly should move a little bit during breathing, but we have joints in the front of our ribs and joints in the back by our spine. So if you just move your belly a lot, you're not getting great rib cage movement and our lungs sit underneath our ribs. So our ribs should move when we breathe and our lungs fill with air. So instead of forcing it all down into our belly, I like to get people equalizing it out. So getting some great lateral rib movement, which is gonna push a little bit into your back. Uh And then every time you get that great back expansion, as well with each breath, it gives those paraspinals a little bit of a massage, which almost completely gets rid of back tightness instantly. It's amazing. It's releasing from the inside. It's so great for the body. What I often do, I mean, pretty basic. I'll have somebody lie on the floor on their back, knees are bent, and I will have them put their hands on their lateral ribs. And I do try, like I get them to breathe in and they should feel their ribs expand. Sometimes I'll have them put their hand, one hand on their front, one hand underneath on their back and they want to feel their front and their back expand. So I often use the term 360 degree breath in or like 360 degree breathing because you're not just focusing on filling up the front or just breathing into the belly or just the chest. You want to fill the entire or at least have the entire area expand. I mean, obviously your lungs aren't down there, but you should still feel expansion. Yeah, pressure. Yeah. Nice. And people look at me like I'm crazy because, I mean, they... Honestly, like they think about or think of breathing in terms of just getting oxygen in and getting oxygen out. They don't realize the importance of the pressure of, I mean, how it helps protect your back, how it accomplishes so much more than just getting air in and air out. Nice. And the other thing I wanted to bring up is like in this program, you have um, kind of like a core section, I believe. So I'm kind of curious what your guys' definition about the core is, because a lot of people just think it's, oh, it's my deep muscles in my stomach and just my abs. And some people are like, it's your entire body. So I'm kind of wondering what your definition of core is. I I mean, I include all the muscles in the torso, basically every muscle aside from the the limbs. So, I mean, like a lot of people think of just the abs, like the six-pack muscles, the obliques, the deep abs. I don't have an exact definition. And I mean, it often changes depending on how I'm writing. But I just say all the all the muscles in the torso that basically surround the spine and that aren't the limbs. Yeah, and then if we look at it as a functional standpoint, so how do you control movement between your upper and lower body? I mean, that's essentially your core, right? Can yeah. you control how you're loading? Can you breathe into it? And then can you advance it? And then is someone overworking? So I find a lot of people tend to over-recruit external obliques. So even when we look within the core um, area, (laughs) I guess you could say core area, is somebody pulling more weight than they should? Is somebody overworking? And then what does that cause or lead to down the road? So I find overworking those external obliques can cause that lower belly pooch. And I get that question all the time from both men and women from everybody. How do I get rid of that lower belly pooch? And that is often an imbalance between the abdominal muscles themselves. Awesome. That's a good good answer. I liked it. Um, A little bit more into the program, like who would benefit the most for this program? Is it primarily for women or can men also do it? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, that's, I think it's both for men and women. I mean, it's just, it's a really good workout. It's a total body workout that Megan and Kelly wrote together that has, I think, very expert training in it as far as exercise demos, explanations, and then progression. 
yeah. over the 12 weeks. So I think that's part of what really stands out with that is that they progress the workout. So you get a workout, uh, you do it for four weeks and then you get another workout and you do that for four weeks and then another one you do that. So you get safe progression over a 12 week period. So you can look for growth and, you know, muscle growth and strength building and then you've got the educational component. So I think it's for someone who wants to learn and exercise. If you don't want to learn, it might not be. <laughs> if you just want to keep doing the same old form or not maximize the efficiency of something, then it's probably not the best fit. But if you want to learn a little bit more about great technique and get stronger, then I think it's probably the program for you. What do you think, Megan? Yeah, and it, yeah it's for people who are fed up with feeling terrible and not achieving their best results, like people who've been doing the same thing over and over, or maybe they've been going from coach to coach, program to program, and they are just not achieving their goals. I think this is a great option. And yeah, I mean, it's a lot of learning. I mean, a ton of like every single exercise comes with an extremely detailed video tutorial. So you'll learn how to do the exercise. So you're not just going through the motions because I find that so many programs they might just show a video or it might just include a written description. So you don't really necessarily know what you're doing or a lot of programs. They even just list the name of the exercise and the reps, sets, et cetera. So people are kind of like, they have no idea what they're doing, how they should do it. And then they don't achieve good results. So with our program, a goal of, I mean, of all of ours is to make the people who are following it feel like they're working with us in person. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you, if you do an exercise wrong, you're not going to gain the benefit that yeah. you want to gain. So I think knowing exactly where you should feel something, how you should feel it, if, if you're not feeling it there, then you're probably not getting the bang for your time. And nobody likes to waste time. I hate wasting time. Me too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And even, oh, I was going to say, even just seeing something, it's a lot of the time an exercise might look like it's being done correctly. And I mean, somebody might be using completely different muscle groups from what they should be using. So that's why with our videos and descriptions, we tell people and show them where they should be feeling and how they should be doing the exercise. So we are creating that in-person experience, but well, through our course. And one thing I wanted to add was I have a full back pain section in there as well. So there's, there's a whole section on back pain. So if your back is tight... If you can't seem to shake that back tightness, then this is a good program. So it's for those people who really want to learn, but also want to deal with these little nagging things where like, oh, my back feels tight. Oh, I always have to stretch my piriformis. Oh, my hip flexors are always really tight. Um, I've been dealing with IT band syndrome on and off where I always have to foam roll for a half an hour <laughs> for my workout. You know, so really those are the, we're really kind of bridging that gap within one program of getting stronger with a little bit of rehab. Yeah. No, I really like that, especially the educational piece, because Megan, you were right, like you get, you know, there's so many programs out there and it's like either just a description of the exercise with two pictures or maybe a video, but not nothing in depth. And like, it almost sounds like you guys have like a lot of troubleshooting things that, Tons. you know, like kind of this is where it comes from. Like if you're training people in person and they're like, hey, this feels weird when I do this exercise, what should I do? And you guys probably have a video explaining this is what you should be doing if you've run into this problem. Yeah. But um, Oh, yeah, we cover everything. And I'm happy that there's a back pain kind of section <laughs> in there because I think probably at least 80% of people deal with at least one back pain issue that flares up, and they're like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you're just quoting statistics. I mean, yeah, 80% of people experience back pain <laughs> at some point in their life. So, yeah. That is I mean, a- I dealt with it. <laughs> Dur- after my car accident, That was it wasn't an actual underlying cause, but it was one of my symptoms for from the rib issue that I was dealing with. And I dealt with back pain for years. And that was why I was told I should never lift it, like heavy lifting again, no barbell back squatting, front squatting, anything. And I didn't know how to manage it. I was just extremely depressed. I was stressed out and I was hope I felt hopeless. So I think our program will give a lot of people hope and will help them feel better. Awesome. So maybe for the last question, where can people like get this program? When does it release? What are some things they should know before getting it? And any other information that you want to spill out about the program? Here's your chance. Hmm. Sarah? <laughs> well, I I mean, it's the glutescoreandpelvicfloor.com. And we're going to have a couple blog posts coming out on the uh, the site to read. And, I mean, this interview has been great. So I think if... It, the, the biggest thing to keep in mind is we're going to have a, a really big sale at the release of this program. Yeah. And you own the program for the life of the program. So it's not like if you get it while it's on sale, then you can keep it and for six months while you finish up something else and then start it. So just keep that in mind. You don't have to be ready to start the program tomorrow. And this is something that will help you for life. It's not, it's not <laughs> going to be a quick fix. It's not something like, oh, like lose 10 pounds overnight. This is something we're giving you the tools that will last a lifetime. Awesome. So maybe to finish off, maybe Megan, you can go first and tell the audience where they can find you online if they want to reach out and what your like Instagram is, Facebook and all that stuff. And then same thing with you, Sarah. Sure. Probably the easiest place to find me would be on Facebook at Megan Calloway. My website is megancallowayfitness.com. And I'm in the process. I mean, the website is good, but I'm in the process of getting a new website. The address will be the same, though. Instagram, I am Megan Calloway Fitness. And feel free to like my page. I joke about this all the time. Feel free to like my page so I get my 10,000 people and the swipe up option. That's my lifelong dream. I'm kidding. But. Do a swipe up option. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed until we were talking. <laughs> to like, till like literally like now or before? No, before, when you were telling me about the swipe up option. No, Kelly taught me because I had no idea. Yeah. It's a cool Instagram feature. Yeah, and I'm at uh, coreexercisesolutions.com and uh, I think Dr. Sarah Duval on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. So thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Thank you for having us. Oh, and one yeah. thing I meant to add, Sarah has recently discovered the Instagram story, and we, Kelly and I, were with her when she did, and it was, oh, and she, never mind, well, I won't get into details, but it was really funny and cute to see. That's awesome. I didn't even know what stories were. These women, I we mean, taught I, her a lot. I know. I learned so much about social media. <laughs> oh, man. Perfect. Thanks so much for having us. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap up episode 144 with Megan and Sarah. And again, if you are interested at all in their new program, 
there is a link in the show notes to check it out or even purchase it. I highly recommend it as Megan's a good friend of mine and I will support her no matter what with whatever she does in her career. So check it out. Let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to reach out. Add me on Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform you're on. I'm on it. Add me. Ask questions. Feel free to reach out. I will answer back. And as always, please, 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 please share this podcast with your friends and family so we can grow this thing together. And I will continue giving you amazing information about health, fitness, life, Netflix, and everything else in between. That's it for me, you guys. 